everybody, this is Alex. Before we kick off this week's episode, I just want to hit you up with a cool ad from one of our sponsors. If you love tabletop RPGs like we do here at the Cryptid Keeper, you'll love our sponsors, the One Shot Podcast. Every month, host James D'Amato invites a new group of improvisers, game designers, and other notable nerds to try out a new role-playing game. And those are his words, not mine. I'm not calling them nerds. I'm just saying they love what they do, and what they do is nerdy. So Next, she'll stuff them in a locker. <laughs> And then I'll get in the locker, too, because I'm the biggest nerd of them all. <laughs> Plot twist! Uh, here, folks, like new SNL cast member Luke Null try out Everyone is John, uh, cartoonist Noelle Stevenson play Masks, or Ignat's award-winning artist Jess Fink play Shooting the Moon from the Romance Trilogy. It's always entertaining, and it's a great way to learn about new games. And if you haven't listened yet, you can jump right in with our most recent episode, which is a great playthrough of the Masks system using some fun teen superheroes, and it's a real, really great time. So check it out. <laughs> At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. They say you have to kiss a lot of frogs to find your prince. We say make sure what you're kissing is actually a frog, and not something much much stranger. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Cryptid Keeper podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us, and if you're listening, it means you too. So, hey, join the club. I am Alex Flanagan. And I'm Addison Peacock, and as always, Alex has timed her intro at the absolute worst time for me. You say worst, and that's debatable. (laughs) I'll let you in on like a cool, fun secret. I literally, every week I do this, every single week I do this cursed thing where I set up some horrible joke or like I go down a rabbit hole of weirdness and to the point where Addison is like crying with laughter and then I start the intro right in the middle of it so that she has to like take a moment to compose herself and it catches her off guard. But you know, I like to keep things fun and fresh for you that's guys why I always, That's why I always sound like I'm on the verge of tears when I say my name. Because she show. is literally weeping. Because <laughs> I'm having a rough time. Um, anyway. Anyway, it's great to be back. We know that we've been off for a hot second and we are very thankful to you guys for staying with us, staying patient. It's been absolutely Absolutely. Great. We hope you enjoyed your Halloween. Oh, absolutely. I hope you had a very spooky Halloween. And that's... we hope you haven't missed us too much while we're gone. Yes. But we also hope that you've missed us like quite a lot because yes. that's kind of what this relies on. Now, I spelled spooky uh, for you just so you know uh, with a little instead of two O's with a little U with an umlaut. So I hope you had a very spooky Halloween. You know, the traditional way. <laughs> yes, of course. But um, I, I know I did. And then I was promptly <laughs> rewarded with some sort of illness, but it's fine. Everything's cool. These things happen. We're all right. We're here. We're in one piece or rather two pieces because if we were the two of us in one piece, that would be very upsetting. Uh, I was trying to figure out a way to make a one piece joke about that, but then I realized I've never actually seen or read one piece. It's so. about pirates, I think. Yeah. I don't know anything else. That's about it. I, think. I was gonna make a I was gonna make a sideshow I will never leave you joke, but then I was gonna make myself cry, so I didn't. Can't have that. Can't have that. Anyway, I'm the keeper of this week's cryptid, and since we got a little spooky during the month of Halloween, although Halloween is never over truly in my heart, I do <laughs> like to acknowledge that the rest of the world has, for the most part, moved on from it. And I will say that this is not necessarily a seasonal cryptid, but it is one that makes me very happy. So this week, I would like to tell you all, specifically you, Alex, but you all of you out there, about this fun little guy, the Loveland Frogman. Oh, the Loveland Frogman. Yeah, the Loveland Frogman, also known as the Loveland Frog, the Loveland Frogmen, and the Loveland Lizardman. Oh, there's a lot of debate about if this creature is reptilian or amphibious or something in between. Yeah, I kind of resent the lumping in between there of like both frogs and lizards. You know, the last time somebody made that mistake, that's how we got Jurassic Park. It's true. There we go. Um, But that's true. The only issue is that there's not that many eyewitnesses, so it can't be said for sure. And a lot of the time, as most cryptid sightings are, in foggy, dark sort of atmospheres where you can't really tell what's going on. Yeah, that's fair. Here's what I can tell you about. Now, most sources will agree that it is amphibious. I just had to acknowledge the lizard camp of the whole. (laughs) Lizard camp. That's a a camp I want to go to. Anyway, uh, the Loveland Frog. 
slash, I'm going to, for the purposes of this episode, refer to it as the Loveland Frogman. The Loveland individual. (laughs) Yeah, the Loveland. I'm going for the purposes of this episode to refer to as the Loveland Frogman, even though we do not know for certain its gender or if it's a frog or a lizard. I'm just going to because that's how most of the sources I'm using refer to it. Okay, But know that there's a lot of debate about how to actually refer to this entity or if there's more than one. All right. Uh, But here we go. The Loveland Frogman is similar to its normal frog cousins, but it's about 400 times the size of your average frog. (laughs) Thanks, I hate it. I love it so much. It walks bipedally, upright on two legs. It's a man-frog hybrid with some amphibian and some human characteristics. It's said to range between three and five feet tall, about the size of a large dog or a small person. And this is a quote directly from this particular source I'm reading from is the lineup. And it is the Loveland Frog is definitely not your run-of-the-mill spring peeper. Okay. (laughs) I should think not. He does, however. Wait, no, I'll save this joke for later. Just kidding. You'll see. Hold on for this really funny joke that's going to come later in this episode. Yeah, you remember to tell it. I won't forget. I shan't forget. But this is uh, a lot of my... Actually, for once, I'm pulling my uh, sort of baseline of information not from the Cryptids wiki, but from the lineup, because the Cryptids wiki has a little entry on the Loveland Frogman, but it's actually not as comprehensive as they usually are, and there's a lot of weird antagonistic debate in the comments under that wiki entry, and I just didn't really want to tap into that, so I Cryptids wiki was pretty bonkers last time we used it, That's true, but there's also, like, weird fight, like aggressive fighting happening in the comments of it and I just didn't want to I didn't want to I didn't want to involve myself what's in the that. debate on the Loveland Frogman like They're what's ju- the it was just basically like someone like they mentioned in the article the 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 possible debate of whether it's amphibious or reptilian and then someone uh, rolling up to be like reptiles aren't amphibians and they're like I know read the article and there is no love in Loveland <laughs> there's no love in Loveland um there's much love lost in Loveland uh anyway But legends about it date back centuries to a time uh, before the shores of the Little Miami River were settled. Um, In the last years of the 17th century, the native Twi-Twee—I'm so sorry. Um, It's T-W-I-G-H-T-W-E-E. I'm assuming it's Twi-Twee. People warned early French explorers about a river demon called the Shanahook. The water demon had features of both a frog and a man, minus a nose or any sort of hair. Its skin was dark and bumpy with a wrinkled yet slimy appearance. <laughs> the Shanahook guarded frogs the river's aren't banks. Frogs are slimy. Um, they can be. I have frogs. I had tree frogs and they were like slippery. They were slippery boys. Were they? Yeah. Every frog I've ever touched or held or like, I don't know, played with in the garden has like been like alarmingly not slimy like you expect them to be Mm -hmm. slimy and I think it honestly depends on the type of frog because like they're not like obviously they don't like excrete a mucus but oh which is a phrase I hated but like depending I guess on how much they hang out in water they're probably not actually slimy they just appear wet if they're like a frog that hangs out in water but sometimes they're slippery boys uh anyway It guarded the river's banks chasing away any and all who stumbled uninvited onto its territory the creature was thought to be immortal this will come back into play later. This is important. Whoa, okay. And if injured, it would simply sink back into the cool waters of the Little Miami, where it would rest until it was ready to emerge again. Uh, this legend was passed down from generation to generation, and the residents of the area, later known as Loveland, dubbed the creature the Loveland, oh my gosh, the Loveland Frog slash the Loveland Frogman. Modern day reports can be traced back as early as the 1920s, but the most intriguing eyewitness account appeared in 1955. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Take yes, me there. Yes, yes, let's go. It was an early spring morning after midnight, but before dawn, so it's still dark out. All right. A weary business traveler was heading toward the Loveland area. When a, a weary business traveler. Yes. Many different, this man is described a lot of different ways in different reports, and he is described as an unnamed businessman. He is described as a Loveland resident, and he is described here as a weary business traveler. Okay. But he's heading through the Loveland area when he, a strange sight, caught him off guard and stopped him. Before him, on a bridge, he saw three unusual creatures. He he strained strained his eyes, mystified by the bizarre trio. They had a a humanoid appearance, but their skin took on a strange greenish hue. They had enormous eyes and mouths that were distinctly frog-like. They were hairless and smelled of almonds and alfalfa. That's specific. It actually sounds like a kind of a really nice smell. Yeah. It's kind of Puckwudgie-esque, because don't they smell nice? 
Paco de smell very nice, but that's more of like a floral okay, scent. Okay, I wasn't sure. Uh, now, this is my favorite thing. The bewildered man swore they each held some sort of sparkling wand in their webbed hands, waving it madly above their frog-like heads. This was all the detail he could give before he drove madly away, shrieking with fear. What? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm just going to lose my mind about the idea of somebody, like, stopping to tell you a story and being like, hey, wait a second. Also, there were wands and then just yelling. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's all he saw before he ran away. I don't think he was The way that the sentence story. read was incredible yeah, is know. what I'm saying. I know. What I think what they are saying, what I'm taking from the lineup, is that what they're saying is that he saw this and then didn't stay any longer to see what would become of the wands. No, that's all the detail he could give before he drove madly away, <laughs> shrieking with fear. <laughs> Now here's the part where parsing I make... your sentences is important, kids. That's yeah, true. Now here's the part where I make a really unfunny joke, but a joke I've been thinking about since I looked up the Loveland Frogman and since I saw artist renderings of the Loveland Frogman is that they were not holding wands, but instead canes and top hats because they were about to start singing, "Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal." Uh, because they're the I want them to do that just a little like right. So this is related to nothing, but um, I this is a good a time to to tell you that I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> oh shit. Oh shoot. Well, is it, are you sure it's related to nothing? Or are you sure it's not yeah, related? Yeah, no, it's to just totally like a not even related to anything thing. You know, it's well, just. Well, if you're already quitting, can I drop one other terrible frog related meme? You might as well. Here come that boy. Oh shit, what up? Oh, God. Literally just him driving on the road at night and he says, Here come that boy. The frog is driving on the road at night? <laughs> no, or the man. The business traveler. The business traveler, Alex, please. Yeah, Context sorry, clues I'm are everything. To keep up. Context clues are everything, ma'am. All right. Context clues. Um, but I understand the confusion because they do wield magic wands and sing classic yeah, songs. Yeah, so like I'm just saying. This is fair. Now, <laughs> there are, of course, other sightings, but that is one of my favorite. And it is one of the only that actually mentions particularly the presence of the magic wands, uh, which is something that delights me. It's pretty good. Um, but... Uh, there are some modern sightings, some recent sightings I will get to soon as well. Uh, but first, I want to get to one other sighting which occurred in the 70s. And this is really wild. But really quick, before I talk about that, because this doesn't fit right reasonably into any other portion in this information, but it's something I really need you to know about. Okay. Because, Alex, you're a playwright. Yes. I'm a musical theater major, so I think it's important that we both uh, discuss the fact that in 2014, playwrights Joshua Steele and Mike Hall wrote a bluegrass musical titled, Hot Damn, It's the Loveland Frog. Are you kidding me? I am not. I am very not. As it is easily assumed from the name, the musical is based on the Loveland Frog legend, though not on the specific reported sightings. In the musical, a man named Luke Honeywell and a bluegrass band have to rescue his peepaw from the Loveland Frog. Oh God. Steele hadn't heard about the Loveland Frog until Hall, who had grown up in Loveland, told him about it. Steele said, I was really attracted to the location of this thing. We have our own weird monster thing. The fact that it is not heavily converted into stories or shows was exciting to us. It is an opportunity to really embrace something that is uniquely Cincinnati. Did you find it? Did you look up Hot Damn, It's the Love yep. Frog? Yep, sure did. <laughs> when are we going to mount a production of Hot Damn, It's the Love Frog? I don't know. God, it's amazing. I, you have any idea how hard I had to sit on that and not reveal it before now because I wanted to see your authentic reaction because I knew it would be amazing? <sighs> it was something else, let me tell you. Hot Damn, wow. It's the Love Frog. Wow. I'm trying to see if I can find, like, lyrics or Anything. excerpts. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if there are any production... Uh, photos. Are there any production photos? Oh, there are. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Apparently, it, like, played to sold-out audiences when it went up. So, you know, it's pretty popular. The people loved it. Guess they did. I mean, Alex, are you telling me if they didn't... It was a critic's pick on City Beat in 2014. I mean, yeah. Alex, I mean, would you ever try to tell me that if they wrote a Moth... Oh, my gosh. If they wrote a Mothman musical, you wouldn't be there every night. Um, I would be there one night, which would be the first night, which would be the only night it would run before I shut it down so that I could write my own Mothman musical. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if you have the authority to shut down the Mothman musical, but... I do, because it's my intellectual property, because I love him more than anyone else. I understand. (laughs) I don't... 
That, when we get done that is how intellectual property works. When yes. we get done, we're going to have a conversation about uh, intellectual property laws. Anyway. I took classes on this. I'm pretty sure that's right. I'm pretty sure if you love something more than anyone else, it belongs to you. Oh, man. That's really good news. <laughs> Alex, thank you. That's really, really good news about 90s uh, film sensation The Craft, because now I own it. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't realize it belonged to you. That's it really does. Good. It's really cool, because I love it more than anyone else. Anyway, a well, another well-known anecdote about the Loveland Frog comes from two Claremont County police officers. In March of 1972, Officer Ray Shockey and his partner Mark Matthews came across something incredibly strange during an evening patrol. As their cruiser approached Twitwee Road, they saw what they believed to be an injured or dead animal lying on the ground in front of them. The men approached with caution. They were shocked when the creature suddenly jumped up and bounded across the road in front of their patrol car. The headlights illuminated the being as it moved, giving the men a good look at it. Shockey and Matthews could not believe their eyes. Both described the same thing. The weird creature was about three to five feet tall with leathery skin and the face of a frog. It had a giant gaping mouth and no discernible nose. In a matter of seconds, the creature was gone, vanishing into the night. The only evidence that remained of the frogman were some long scrape marks on the guardrail leading from the road to the river. Um, and here's a picture of one of the areas where it was sighted, um, or like one of the areas where it has been sighted. Uh, this is, um, not this particular setting, but another setting. This is the mm-hmm. Kilbuck Swamp. It's just a pretty swamp. Literally, I'm just showing Alex a picture of a pretty swamp. Yeah. Okay. So this is, um, this is interesting to me because Matt, this story is not quite over yet, but I want to hear your thoughts now. Yeah. No, I was just going to say like, apropos of nothing, it seems like that's not like a super frightening cryptid, right? Like sort of a froggy dude, but this is just like a weird, slightly personal tangent is, which is that. I'm not somebody who's, like, immensely prone to nightmares. I don't have them super frequently. So when I do, they stand out. Um, And especially as a child, I didn't have a lot of them. But there was this one weird, like, recurring nightmare I had a lot as a child, so much so that I remember it to this day, even though I was, like, early elementary school at the time. And I really can't describe this nightmare to you in any other way except to say that it was vaguely unsettling. It wasn't, like, outright terrifying. Mm -hmm. It was just creepy, which was that... In the dream, I would be um, with, like, a split-level house, and my garage faced out toward our driveway, which was on a hill, um, but you could see the rest of the neighborhood. And I would be hanging out, like, in my garage with the garage door open, like you, like we would on summer nights sometimes, whether it was, like, setting off, you know, small fireworks or just, like, hanging mm-hmm. out or, like, watching the sunset or whatever. And in my dream, for whatever reason, I would be, like, hanging out in my garage, and there would be these two, like large anthropomorphic frogs and it was like the freakiest thing because like yeah i had no idea what to do with that information like i didn't know if they were malicious i didn't know like it, it, again it was just unsettling and it would just like the, the entirety of this dream would just be like me trying to get inside and keep them outside and it wasn't like scary like nothing bad or violent happened it was just like so weird because it was not something my brain knew how to process yeah did you read a lot of wind in the willows before this no not really now like i did i think maybe like the frog and toad books yeah because those have like pictures of like you know large amphibians cavorting around on the front but like They're hanging out yeah yeah. but it, i mean it wasn't like those books upset me or anything <laughs> yeah. it was just like <laughs> you weren't upset about frog and toad <laughs> distressed by frog and toad right. no it's just a weird thing this is just like me ruminating on the fact that like it's it's a very strange thing for your brain to process. And so, actually, Absolutely. I know I laugh a lot at, like, cryptid sightings and being like, that's a silly reaction. But I think in this case, it is something that's just very much like your brain trying to parse something. Like, yeah. that should not be that way. And I don't know why it is that way. And I'm upset. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Now, my frogs didn't have wands. That was not a thing. That's okay. Good to know. That makes that makes it very different now, doesn't it? Um, okay, so... Uh, continuation. The sighting, this initial sighting is not where the saga ends for these police officers. So less than a month later, Officer Matthews again encountered the giant frogman. At first he thought it was just another animal on the side of the road. Which you know, he approached, just another four-foot frog. Which he approached again. Whatever. Okay, it's fine. I'm not going to blame him for that. I mean, I understand. You want to check it out. Um, especially if you're a police officer, you want to make sure everything's everything's cool but he pulled his car up alongside the creature the monster stood up on two legs turned and stared at the officer before slowly stepping over the guardrail and disappearing into the river matthews claimed he pulled his gun and shot at the beast before it vanished into the darkness it's highly unusual for an officer of the law to go on record with something like this belief in aliens ghosts or human frog creatures is tantamount to career suicide it opens the door to attack someone's sanity and credibility 
but sightings kept pouring in. But basically, essentially, this is some initial explanation. Uh, and obviously, I'm not going to guess this man's intentions because he knows what he saw better than we do. But he, um, Matthews, recanted the story later, uh, basically saying that he didn't, that he, and I'll go into his talking about it later because he actually appears now every time somebody talks about the Loveland Frogman, he tends mm-hmm. to show up to debunk the story and say, look, don't use my account as evidence anymore. Interesting. Which, and I will not guess as to his intentions. It's just interesting because he made that initial report and now, like, after it blew up into its own thing, comes out and repeatedly kind of asserts, I do not think it was anything unusual. I think it was, and I'll talk more about his specific wording, but he basically says, like, I think it was somebody's pet lizard that had grown too big or something like that. Huh, that's fascinating. It's, re- it's really interesting. Um, I've got some others. Um, uh, oh, now, however, the other officer that saw it, um, Ray Shockey, uh, apparently years later approached the Loveland Town Council in an attempt to get them to recognize the Loveland Frog as a city mascot. Huh. Yeah, which is a whole interesting thing. But I've got some other uh, some uh, other recent sightings that I would love to talk about. Uh, and a lot of this information, by the way, um, for, for on the Loveland Frogman and on other Ohio cryptids comes from James Renner, who wrote the book It Came From Ohio, which is a book covering uh, urban legends and cryptids of the Ohio area. Cool. Uh, so that's a fun read if you want to read about cryptids from Ohio. But some modern sightings, um, some more recent than the 1970, uh, 1970s sightings uh, from those two police officers, we've got... Um, no, unfortunately, I don't have a date for this one, but this is what I've got here. There was a recent report by a woman swimming in the Ohio River near Evansville, Indiana, who claimed to have been attacked by a reptilian creature that she and a bystander were able to fight off. Now, this may or may not be related to the Loveland Frogman, but people just want to at least bring up the possibility. And that's where some of the crossover sure. comes with that in the Lizard Man thing. Uh, and she claimed that the attack left behind um, tears and scratches, as well as an unusual green palm print that stained her leg for a few Ooh. days. Right? I like that. Ooh. I know. Now, this may or may not be the Loveland uh, Frog, so, but this is so people are calling this particular uh, sighting an Evansville amphibian. <laughs> Which I enjoy. Not as catchy. Doesn't really but have I respect the, what they're going yeah, for. Yeah, it doesn't have the sticking power of the Loveland Frogman. But uh, now here's a sighting that I'm really fascinated with that I enjoy very much. Was that a frog joke? Because frogs are sticky. Ha. They got little sticky hands. <laughs> oh, they do. <laughs> I love frogs. Did you know I used to have two pet frogs? I did, but only because you mentioned it earlier in this episode okay, of the fair. podcast. I did it. Yeah, I used to have. Um, I used to have two pet frogs. Uh, they were. Um, a tes- oh my gosh, a Tanzanian tree frog and a green tree frog, and they were named because I was a child and not very uh, original. They were named Lemon and Lime, and they were good, and I liked them. Anyway, uh, that was just I me. had a hermit crab named Shelly, so uh, like fair, fair, fair. Um, let's see. I want to make sure this is the section I wanted to talk about. Yes. Okay. Now. Here's what we've got. I've got a a very recent, very timely sighting. Now, something millennials are into lately is uh, have you heard now, Alex? Have you heard of Pokemon? Have you heard of Pokemon Go? Uh, that sounds pretty cutting edge. I'm not sure I'm hip enough to all of the most recent breaking news to be aware of Pokemon Go. Hmm. Well. I will tell you all about, well, Pokemon Go, for those who actually, if you don't know, if if you haven't been following all, all the crazes and the latest fads from the kids, uh, P- Pokemon Go is a mobile app, a mobile game uh, from the creators of Pokemon that allows you to, essentially, it's an augmented, augmented reality game and you use your phone camera and you catch Pokemon in the real world, you walk around and you catch them and that's basically how it works. In August of 2016... It was really big a year ago. It was really big for like three months and then everyone forgot about it as soon as it got cold outside. But in August 2016, a couple playing Pokemon Go claimed they had seen the elusive Loveland Frogman. It was actually just a Poliwhirl. <laughs> it was a Squirtle. Aw. Um, Jacobs. Uh, Squirtle is not a frog. Just clarifying. I know, but he's got that no nose, like bald looking head, like. I don't know. At least I actually referenced a tadpole Pokemon. That's true. But Sam Jacobs, uh, near Lake Isabella, and his girlfriend, 
Um, I don't know why I said last if he's near the lake and also near his girlfriend. But Sam Jacobs and his girlfriend, who is not named in this article. Uh, Were they both near the lake? Yes. Or just him? Was no. he near the lake and the lake was near his girlfriend? <laughs> Alex, please. Um, Jacobs says, we saw a huge frog near the water. Not in the game, but an actual giant frog. I took a couple of pictures and a video because I'd never seen one that big. Then this thing stood up and walked on its hind legs. You can find the Sam Jacobs video by looking it up. By the way, you, if you search Sam Jacobs... Uh, Love and Frog video, you'll find it. But have you watched it? I have watched it. It's it's not very convincing. Oh. I actually have some more information uh, from some skeptics on uh, debunking of this particular video, actually. Uh, but first of all, Jacobs went on to say he realizes some people will think he's crazy. I swear on my grandmother's grave that this is the truth, Jacob says. I'm not sure whether it was a frogman or just a giant frog. Either way, I've never seen anything like it. He took photographs and a video of the creature, but it was so dark that it only shows a pair of shining eyes in an indistinct shape. The story enjoyed some brief play until the August 5th, 2016, when Mark Matthews, who had shot the creature in 1972, called a reporter after seeing the Loveland Frogman in the news to tell him what it had actually been. He, now, Matthews claims it was a large iguana about 3 or 3.5 feet long. Oh, this is for sure a Muppet. Which was missing its tail. Now, here's the thing. Um... This I find this very interesting because Matthews' story has official, like straight up changed from his initial report that he filed. Mm-hmm. But he now claims it was an iguana that um, had he, he thinks had been someone's pet and then either got loose or was released when it grew too large. He theorized the cold-blooded animal had been living near the pipes that released water used for cooling the ovens in the boot factory as a way to stay warm. He says the thing was half dead anyway when he shot it. And basically he claims not only was it not a frog, but even if it was a frog, it can't be being seen now because he shot it and it's dead. Now, remind remind me what I said earlier about the Loveland Frog Band that I said would come back. That it was immortal. That it's immortal. <laughs> and that it basks in the healing waters of the swamp and it uses a mud mask and yeah. it comes back looking just like fresh to death. Exactly. It comes back with that glow, looking amazing, looking very slimy. Mm. That's what the slime is from. It's just been doing so many face masks. Mm-hmm. It just looks dewy. It's got serums. It's yeah, all of its serums. It got the like... It got that drunk elephant um, uh, facial regime, and that's like a little bit. Uh, it's a little expensive, but also the Loveland yeah, Frogman. Yeah, Loveland takes care Frogman. Of if you're listening, girl, you're not slimy. You are radiant. You're glowing. You're glowing. You are. You look good. You look amazing. <laughs> but anyway. Matthews added that he had already told the entire account to the author of a book about urban legends, but that the author omitted the part that confirmed the creature was an iguana rather than a frogman. He said that the Loveland Loveland frogman has grown in the public's imagination until it became an urban legend rivaling Bigfoot, which is a little much. Now, and then Matthews says something that makes me not really trust him anymore, and he says, I don't believe in Bigfoot either. Mm, Yeah, no. Get this guy out of here. Rude. What happened to this man? Did, like, the Loveland frog mafia show up at his door and say, hey— you gotta stop. You gotta shut this story down. The men in black showed up at his house. Yeah, maybe. He neuralized him and was like, hey, listen, what you saw was yeah. an iguana. Now, look, as with any even remotely reptilian cryptid, I do have to bring up a theory about the Loveland Frogman. And sorry that my voice sounds bored at this point because, as much as I love this theory about other things, for some reason with the Loveland Frogman, I'd rather it just be a weird frog human hybrid or a giant frog. But there are Is some. Is this people, my evolutionary chain theory? No, there are some people who think it's an alien. Oh, well, yeah. Like, I'm sorry for this bored cadence. It's just like, yeah, of course, this weird thing might be an alien, but also it might be a frog that's really big and sentient and has a magic wand. I would so uh, Yeah, much... which one's more likely here? <laughs> I would so much rather he be a magic frog wizard. You know what? We should respect the Loveland Frogman because what he is is a wizard trapped in this alternative form. Has anyone tried kissing him? Has anyone tried to kiss him? Have we tried just kissing the Loveland Frogman? No, uh, seriously. Frogman. No, no, uh, Mr. Frogman. The Loveland Frogman. Have we tried just kissing it? Have we tried just, <laughs> just giving a little kiss? The skin looks so good. It's, the skin looks so good. That is, oh my God, Addison, I've just unraveled it. Yes. He's spent the past thousand years perfecting his beauty regimen just so we can finally get that little smooch. So we can turn back into a human. He just wants to be a human again. He just wants to be human again. I'm having a good time right now. I'm having a rough time. Getting... If you're in the Loveland area, go find him. Give him a little kiss. Tell him a crypt keeper sent you. Alex, please. <laughs> we should not be telling. 
<laughs> Obviously, the kissing of giant frogs is up to your own discretion, okay? Also, make like, sure the frog consents to this before you try to kiss him as well. Don't be rude. Yeah, you know, I mean, consensual frog kissing is a sentence I never thought I'd say, but it's important. You gotta kiss a few frogmen to find your uh, prince man. Princeman. You get to find your princeman. Oh, no. I want to show you some artist's renderings, and then I want to talk about some skeptic some skeptic stuff. But uh, I just need you to look at I need you to look at the, this the sweet frogman. boy. Aw, you know what he looks like? What? There's an old Godzilla movie where Godzilla has a son. <laughs> His name's Manila, and he looks like that. Let me pull you a picture. Oh boy. And this is, yes, knowledge that I have off the top of my head because I watched a lot of the old Godzilla movies. Um, And I think the name of the movie I'm thinking of is actually called Son of Godzilla. And basically it's Godzilla's, like, child. This, this, this little boy. Oh, my. Godzilla's child is just, like, roaming around Japan having, like, a Ferris Bueller's day off with this, like, small Japanese boy. That actually sounds really nice. It's very pure. It's a good one. Um, It's also, like, the best depiction of Godzilla in any of the Godzilla movies because he's just sort of like a vaguely grumpy dad. (laughs) Oh, he's good. I love him. Um, But yeah, here's a picture from Godzilla's day off of of Godzilla's son and the little boy just like partying down around town. Oh my goodness. It's really good. Now, um, I was going to say really quickly, uh, one more uh, thing of it in pop culture. Oh my. (laughs) Aside from being uh, the hero or a figure in a a well-received bluegrass musical, The Love and Frog also appears in the novel The Man from Primrose Lane, which is a science fiction mystery novel that features a Ooh. fictionalized version of The Loveland Frog. It's pretty cool. In the novel, set in the state of Ohio, the beings described as frogs are in fact humans who have traveled backwards in time. Their amphibian appearance is being uh, is due to being covered in layers of waste from during from years of hibernation, which accounts for their unusual shuffling gait due to muscle atrophy. Do you not like it anymore? No, I'm just trying to like, so I'm I'm sorry. I feel like my brain jumbled <laughs> up everything that you just told me. So they're, they're time travelers. That were hibernated. They went back in time and then hibernated. They went back into, okay. It's like, oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. That's like some sphere shit. Yeah. Cool. I can dig it. That was like one of the coolest twists in a book ever. I, don't, I haven't read it, but I'm okay with it. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I understand. I'm going to just I'll I mean, like, to be fair, mind. that's not even, like, the last or most important twist in Sphere. Yeah. Um, but it's a really good... I mean, I just love Michael Crichton. Um, I know this to be true. But, yeah, Sphere's a really good book. Yeah, okay. Um, and that's not, like, really a spoiler anyway. There's no. There's nobody in this world who's like, oh, you know what? It's just, like, on the top of my to, like, my to-read list and just burning a hole in my pocket and I just haven't gotten to it yet is Michael Crichton's Sphere. There's a movie adaptation, too, which is, like, okay. Um, it's got Samuel L. Jackson in it, and he's pretty mm. good, but... It's, I don't know, it's like, it's a good movie. It's just, like, not an awesome adaptation. Yeah. Now, um, I, I know that's a fictionalized version, but that is a theory that had not come up anywhere else that I would like to briefly address. What if, perhaps, the Loveland Frogman is a time, tra- time traveler and the magic wand is the device which he uses to travel through time? What if the Loveland Frogman is just samuel beckett trying to quantum leap home and he ended up in a frog body instead oh my i think we need to consider all of our possibilities um another side note i'm going a lot of side notes about like pop culture that nobody except me cares about side by side nobody about me nobody except me cares about this but um i heard somewhere that there's like a full script written for a quantum leap movie and like it hasn't been greenlit anywhere yet but scott bakula has said that he's down and all right. In case, okay, this is like the podcast within a podcast where I talk about all the breaking Scott Bakula news. It's been a hot minute since we had one of those. This is, all right, welcome to Back to Bakula. Uh, oh, I love that. <laughs> the, the Scott Bakula fan cast where we give you all the cutting edge Scott Bakula news. Back to Bakula. Love it. Um, yeah, Thank you. So I'm really good at naming stuff. That one was really good. I really enjoy that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but I do, yeah, I want to pause it. Just like sort of, uh, just like Mantis Man is uh, posited as being some sort of interdimensional being, I would like to just posit briefly the theory that perhaps the Frogman is some sort of interdimensional space traveler. But also, also, um, I do have to uh, remind everyone that I'm just really coming for, <laughs> I'm just really coming for uh, 
Mr. Uh, Matthews um, because I do not appreciate uh, his claim that because he shot this one lizard, maybe lizard, maybe frogman, that they're all, it's all one, it's gone because it's immortal according to the original legend. So what are you even saying? But also the 1955 sighting, the one I care about the most because it includes the magic wands, <laughs> said there were three of them. Yeah, it's a bit presumptive for this one guy to be like, no, the Loveland Frogman and also all other cryptids are not real because I decided I didn't like my story anymore. Because I shot an iguana. Now, granted, I do not want to put words in anybody's mouth. And if he has publicly gone on record wishing for that to be rescinded, then, like, I respect that. No, but yeah. also, get your act together, my guy. <laughs> That's fair. And again, I will not guess at his intentions. Like, if he truly... Is, is certain that that is the truth and wants to re, re, rescind his account from the other story. I totally respect that. Um, the other the other officer who was present at the initial sighting, however, seems to hold a different opinion. That's all I'll say about that. Why are you shooting iguanas? That's the other thing is why did you just... Maybe it really shoot was, somebody's pet iguana. If it really was just a big iguana without a tail, why did you shoot it? That seems I don't know. mean. Hey, hey, sir... <laughs> I don't want to tell you how to live your life, but maybe don't shoot somebody's lizard pet. Yeah. I don't know why I said lizard pet, not pet lizard. That just made it weirder. Your lizard pet. Mm. That made me sound like an alien trying to understand human speech. Just like the Loveland Frogman. Oh, I love him. Uh, I, I like how you're saying it, Frogman, which would imply that it, it, you would say any other kind of, uh, that you would say Mantisman. Or, yes. Uh, yes, Roy Mantisman is a good friend of my family. Yes, um, and the Mothman. Yes. Oh. Love the Mothman. Albert Mothman All has the been Mothmans. so good to us. Yes, the Mothman house. Uh, anyway, I found this really fun um, article while I was researching uh, explanations for the, the video that you saw, the video footage from that Pokemon Go player, uh, Jacob. It's Sam straight up Muppet. It's definitely it's just well, literally a Muppet. Alex, will you let me get to this fun thing I found? Yeah. Okay, from this is actually a really fun site as well. Um, uh, from a an author and paranormal researcher, James A. Willis has a site called strangeandspookyworld.com, which is the strange and spooky world of James A. Willis. And so this is someone who is open-minded and is like not trying to actively debunk things, but he I love this. He wrote an entry on August 9th, 2016, which was create your very own Loveland Frog hoax for under $20. Ah! I'm going to lose my mind. That's so shady. It's so shady and it's so fun. I'm so here for this. This is, I really enjoy it. Because as much as I want to, I hashtag want to believe uh, with everything, if something is a really obvious hoax, I would rather, I would rather paranormal researchers get in on the debunking as well rather than try to defend an obvious hoax. Honestly, like don't let this guy give us a bad name. It's, I understand, I'm here for this, but this is, this is just a fun, shady little article. I enjoyed it. Or blog entry. He says, let me start off by saying I've been fascinated with the legend of the Loveland Frog for decades. Not only is it a cryptid that is unique to Ohio, but the stories have grown and mutated over the years to include things such as police officers shooting at a four foot tall frogman hybrid walking on two legs <laughs> to witnesses continually changing their stories over the years. The Those legend, are straight up both the, the same. same thing. I know this. The legend had everything, it would seem, except for any photographs of the elusive creature. All that changed last week, or so some would have you believe. Now, and then he talks about what I already told you from Sam Jacobs, who released the story to WCPO.com, uh, uh, claiming he saw the giant frog about four feet tall when it stood up on its hind legs. And now I'm sure you've seen the picture because it's hilarious. Oh, that's really good. Do I have not seen the, to the people picture. what you're seeing. It's a Muppet. I mean, it's straight up. I don't know what else to tell you people except that it's a Muppet. You just have to look this thing up. Um, mm-hmm. So the the resolution is very grainy. There's a lot of, of course it is. There's a lot of noise in it's it. It's not a cryptid picture. Um, it's not blurry. Which is a photography term, meaning it's grainy, which I already said. Photographs having noise. I never heard such it's a just thing. Just a picture. Um, right. Yeah. Anyway, so it's. Literally, it's blowing my mind because of the way this picture, it looks like it has tiny converse, and that's freaking me out a little bit. Do you see what I'm seeing? It's tiny converse. Um, It really just looks like a little, like a turtle muppet. I mean, with glowing, except with headlights where its eyes should be. There is no way this thing is real. There is literally so much. zero ways for this to be real. And it's just sort of standing on the surface of a lake, Um, but at such a distance that you can't really make it out. Now, um... 
No, yeah, our, our guy here, James A. Willis, continues, To be honest, when I first saw the photos and video, I wasn't impressed. The dimensions seemed way off. It looked way too small to be something that was supposed to be four feet tall. Uh-huh. And what was up with those high beam eyes? But most of all, the whole thing screamed hoax because once again, when someone spots a cryptid, they never attempt to chase it, follow it, or do anything other than take a few dark, blurry photos and a shaky video. Didn't make sense to me. Side note, that means I'm talking to all of you. If you're trying to do some research, like, obviously don't put yourselves in danger don't, and don't mess with a creature that doesn't want to be messed with but don't just take a crappy blurry picture from a distance and then call it a day yeah don't just like okay especially with that thing like it's so small and so harmless that like literally what was it going to do to you yeah that's the thing is like many cryptids uh, that we've covered before this one doesn't particularly seem to have a lot of danger to it but anyway um it all fell into place a few days later when my wife daughter and i made a trip to the local big lots to pick out some halloween decorations oh i'm delighted by what this is going to turn into as i'm wandering the aisles i hear my wife say you think this was their loveland frog I turned around to see my wife smiling and proudly holding the Loveland frog in her hands. Now, I will tell the people what this is. Now, technically, it wasn't the Loveland frog. It was officially known as the Wilson and Fisher solar frog. And I'm not saying this is the exact thing that appears in Sam Jacobs' photos and video, but man, is it close. Now, what this is is a little frog statue with lights for eyes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it doesn't look like much in broad daylight, but get it in dim enough light so that the solar eyes come on and it really starts to take shape. Check out the spooky picture I took in my pantry of all places. Oh, very spooky. It looks pretty much right. I purposefully didn't kill all the lights so you could still see the frog, as well as the fact that we prefer organic Tostitos. I love this guy. But check out how the way the statue's eyes are positioned, the left eye appears larger than the right. This makes me wonder if perhaps the image from WCPO was flipped. Sort of seems that way because when I... Flipped my pantry photo and put it next to one of Jacob's photos. Mm, yeah, it's not too different. Oh, and then when you took it outside, it looks the same. Yeah, it does. Yep. When you take it outside, it looks the same. And it, the mouth looks the same. I love his kicky little shoes. Yeah, right? He re- Yeah, he recreated the image, basically. Um, the clincher was when he tried to recreate the video. And essentially... Like, it, it, it comes out the same, and it's it's very easy to do it. And then he goes into more detail. You can look this up, but how he made it look like the creature was moving. Um, so during the video which his wife shot, he stood behind the figure, and when he wanted it to move, he just bent down, grabbed the figure's leg, and turned the whole thing toward him, blocking out the light from its eyes. Mm. So does this solve the mystery? Not necessarily. As I mentioned, I'm not saying the exact statue was used. But you have to admit, it seems something more than mere coincidence that I was able to recreate alleged photos and video of the Loveland Frog with nothing more than $20 and in less than 20 minutes. Yeah, there is that. My point is, if you're planning on hoaxing something like this, please put a little more time and effort into it. As a member of a subculture that's willing to entertain the idea that there are things in this world we can't explain, it's a little depressing to think there are people who would think we would be so easily duped. You know what the other big red flag about this uh, this particular account is to me what it was august 2016 right yeah and they were playing pokemon go down by the lake think back to august 2016 do you remember any time at all where there was ever one person playing pokemon go in a public place no it was like dozens of people no it was like it was like barely moved room to move Especially at lakes, because, like, that's where special Pokemon were. That's where all the water I'm just are. saying. That's where you're going to get all the cool water Pokemon. I'm just saying. No, Prime Pokemon Go location. There would have been other witnesses. No, you're so right. That's the thing. Which is, like, a very silly angle to take on that story. But, like, seriously, think now, about it. Like, literally, I was playing Summerstock Theater at when Pokemon Go came out. And... Every night when I would get out of shows at 11 p.m., there were at least two dozen people around the lake playing Pokemon Go. Yeah. Now, there is a skeptic site, uh, Skeptoid, which is a fun name for your website, uh, but talks about some of the possible explanations for the Loveland Flo... Oh, my goodness. For the Loveland Frogman. Loveland Frogman. The Loveland Frogman. I sound like I'm talking from underwater, but um, in my opinion, and of course, like, there's more to be said for this and the research that they've done. Uh, but in my opinion, for some the explanations they've tried to give with the lizards and other possible things, it could be almost make me believe in the Loveland Frogman more. But here we are. I'm going to go into it. 
There are no iguanas native to southwestern Ohio, and I'm not sure how popular they were as pets in the 1970s, but the updated version of events is consistent with an animal about the size of an iguana, which is fine or whatever, but then it talks about the largest reptile uh, native to Ohio is the common snapping turtle, which reaches lengths of about 20 inches and can weigh up to 35 pounds, which is a poor match in terms of the description of the frogman. The largest lizard in that region is the broad-headed skink, which you can easily pick up and hold in your hand. And believe me, I want to. I love them. Oh, they're so cute. I love skinks. They're Another lizard species, the common wall lizard, had recently been introduced to the region in 1950. George Rao, son of the owner of the Lazarus department store in Cincinnati, brought about 10 of the lizards back with him from northern Italy, which he released near his home. Why? But anyway... (laughs) The lizard had proliferated in the region so much that it is now considered a native introduced species, known locally as the Lazarus lizard. I only bring this up because it represents a lizard species that a local might not have been familiar with at the time, but, again, it is far too small to be considered a good explanation for the frogman. So, like, I get where they're going with that, but none of the lizards line up. I'm just mystified by the idea that so many people in the cryptozoological world seem to not know the difference between lizards and frogs. I know this. Well, they're just <laughs> Between the cap episode of, yeah. and this. Well, they're like, just, they're mainly going off of the revised account from uh, the police officer. Yeah, no, I'm not even just talking about that. Oh, I'm yeah. just talking about like in general, they're like, it's a lizard or a frog or something, <laughs> you know, one of the two. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. And they do look drastically different in my opinion, <laughs> in my personal opinion. But, uh, no... I really wish the skeptic would give people a little bit more credit when it comes to this last possible explanation from this same article. It says the answer may lie in pop culture and folklore. The film The Creature from the Black Lagoon came out in 1954, the year prior to the initial sighting. Just as UFO sightings tend to go up whenever a movie about aliens or space comes out, it's reasonable to expect an increase in sightings of aquatic reptilian monsters when a movie about them comes out. Okay. I don't know. I don't think that's unreasonable. It's not unreasonable. It just made me sad. Well, yeah, but I mean, I I think it's like, it's less of saying like people are more likely to make up stories about this thing after a movie comes out. I think if anything, like chances of people seeing the thing are going to be the same. But, and this is like, again, sort of a side tangent, but just some like brain science for you. Your brain like actually does not see, like, like when you look at something, you don't have a way, and I apologize, this might get, like, a little weird or triggery for some people, so if you have a thing with, like, unreality, like, skip to the end of the episode. Yeah. But your eyes are, like, not actually seeing everything that is in front of you. What you are seeing is a composite of information being taken in, rapidly filtered into what your brain expects yeah. to see. So if you've been somewhere before, your brain is processing all of that stuff. If you don't have a reference point for something, sometimes your brain will just straight up not show it to you. Like, sometimes if you don't know what you are seeing, which is why sometimes you'll have that phenomenon of, like, thinking you're seeing something out of your corner of your eye and you turn and you don't see it, um, is because, like, it was probably something your brain was trying to process into something else. Yeah, if, if I'm correct, isn't that actually what the phenomenon of deja vu is attributed to as well? Often something like... I don't know about that, um, but it may be. But a lot of I times like it's like, yeah, so it's... For example, sometimes why, like, you could be surprised and be like, oh, I literally didn't see that there. Or it's why camouflage works so well. Not because it specifically blends into what it's supposed to be doing, but because the similarity is enough that your brain is like, whatever, that's just woods. Yeah. And, and just filters it out. Um, and so I think it's more of a thing of, like, glimpses or sightings or, like, just stuff seen out of the corner of your eye that people wouldn't have a reference point before. If they've seen a movie like this, it's like, that's an aquatic monster. And they see something that looks similar, then their mm-hmm. brain is like, ah, it's that thing. And I think it's more of just creating a series of reference points for your brain to process stuff. So I don't think that I'm, like, I I think it's reasonable. Oh, I know where they're going with it. Yeah, I just, uh... Well, no, I don't know if that's where they're going with it or not. What I'm saying is, like, I don't think it's unreasonable, but not because I think people are saying, like, yeah, a Black Lagoon monster, I've seen that before. I think it's more like people then have, like, an immediate reference point for it in their brain. So Mm. it doesn't take them as long to try to qualify it psychologically, and it just becomes more of, like, an immediate reaction. Absolutely. Now, uh, Alex, I know you've explained this in a very eloquent way, but I think it can be put best by uh, modern poet laureate of our time, Jaden Smith. How can mirrors be real if our eyes aren't real? Wow. (laughs) You know, I'm so glad you brought that up. Because really, whoever says it better than Jaden? <laughs> I I'm, I know that you're right, and the science is so legitimate. But as you were saying that, all I could think was, how can how mirrors, can mirrors be, real be real if our eyes aren't, aren't real? real? How can they? <laughs> they can't. Now, survival tips. The thing about the Loveland Frogman is that he doesn't do anything. <laughs> I he love waves him. his wand at you. 
Because here's the thing. The last couple of cryptos we covered were distinctly spooky. I wanted something lighter to lighten the mood. But the only issue is that, that is, wand. I mean, what do you think he's going to, you know what I think he's doing with that wand? I think he was trying to tell something. I don't know if he was waving the wand so much as he was like bringing it down in front of him a la uh, Gandalf and declaring you shall not pass. <laughs> or uh, maybe, maybe it was the wand of whatever wizard turned him into a frog. And he's like, hey, someone use this. <laughs> Fix it. <laughs> well, then why did they all have wands? There were three of them. I don't know. There's somebody out there just turn it, you know. It's it's a crying shame. <laughs> there is someone out there just straight up turning all of our young men into frogs. <laughs> oh, a merry band it, of adventurers getting turned into frogs. It is a scourge upon this society, and I will not stand for it. I will not stand for it. Turning no. just all of our young boys into frogs. No, okay, so survival tip, I guess, as opposed to survival tips, I guess just more like just a general Loveland frog tip, like... Just, like, have some chapstick in your purse and, like, maybe, just maybe, like, think just about little, giving it a little kiss. Just a little one. Just a little kiss. Can just you imagine, them. like, here's the thing, right? Like, yeah, it, I mean, there are lots of reasons to kiss somebody. Love is a good one. Um, I mean, like, mutual consent just to, like, check it out. That's fine, too. But, like, being the person that goes down in history as, like, the one who saved the Loveland Frogman, that's a pretty good reason, okay, too. I cannot believe we made it this far into the episode and neither of, neither of us made a Princess and the Frog joke. I just kind of thought it was hanging in the air there. I guess it was, but like I just Like, when I talked like we, about kissing a frog to turn it back into a human, I thought I meant that was implied. a specific and explicit reference to the critically acclaimed Disney film, The Princess well, now and it's the happened. Frog. So, you're welcome. I'm just saying, if he looks like Prince Naveen and you are into gentlemen, that is a pretty good outcome to making the wild and rash decision to kiss the frogman. Hopefully, though, he is three-dimensional. Um, I don't think we have any Patreon donors on the... I thought the, we did. Do we? Oh, shoot. Yeah, wasn't there like a new... Let me thank uh, new Patreon donor Midge Moxie because, oh my goodness, thank you for your generosity. Yeah, thank you so, so much. This is such a nice thing, and I'm so sorry I didn't say that email. Thank you, Alex. You are a, you are a far gooder folk than I. I did that Do on purpose. take another run at that <laughs> No, sentence? it was perfect. All right, then it got it in one. No, a far, uh, a far more observant uh, fellow than I, but... um. I, yes, thank you so much for your generosity. That is amazing, and um, we you guys keep the show running. And if you can't provide like support in a financial way, we appreciate any and all kinds of support, be that word of mouth, be that um, sharing links, be that just downloads and subscriptions and all of that good stuff. It's just all of it. It doesn't exist without the plat. The platform is fine, but the audience is what makes it exist. So Yeah, exactly. Um, on a similar but different note, our merch store is still going strong with mm-hmm. our stickers. And um, I know we had mentioned before getting t-shirts up. That is still happening. We made the explicit and specific choice to go with a local small business instead of going through a large production company. So there have been like a couple of snafus in the way of that, but we should have them done by Mm -hmm. literally by the end of the week. So I guess by the time you guys will hear this, they should be done. And then we can work on getting them up onto our store so you can have them for the holiday season, all of your Cryptsma, Hana Kwanzaa needs. Oh man, Um, that was solid. Yeah, right? Nothing says wintertime holidays like cryptids and their keepers. And you know what? When you're when it's the holiday season, you want to keep those who matter to you close to your heart. So your family and your and your cryptids. Keep your family close. Keep your cryptids closer. I don't know. Um, but also, I want to give Solid. a quick. I want to give a quick shout out as I was starting to say to a podcast I recently uh, I, a couple days ago recorded with. Um, had the pleasure of appearing on Nightmare on Fear Street, which is a Goosebumps podcast, uh, Goosebumps and R.L. Stein in general podcast. And I was brought on to talk about the episode "The Girl Who Cried Monster," uh, the Goosebumps book and television episode of that, because you know monsters. Uh, and so. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, uh, check them out. They're a good, they're friends to the show. Um, yeah, and yeah. then another big thank you to our sponsors this week, the One Shot Podcast, hosted by James D'Amato on the One Shot Network. It's a lot of great fun if you oh, like so actual play podcasts or tabletop games in general. It's a great way not only to get your laugh on, but also to discover new gaming systems. There are several on there that I definitely want to go try out now. So Get your laugh on, get your game on. It's a good time. Gotta catch them all. Wow, way to bring it full circle. Love that. Pokemon Go, listen to it. Yikes. Um, do you want to go ahead and wrap this up? Yes, I do. No, I'll do. That's not your job. You made it my call. You open the door and I close it. All right, so as always, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there.